Welcome to episode 14 of The Founder's Fable, where we all get together to learn more about startups from other stories and experiences. As always, I'm Savannah, Director of Marketing and New Business at Slingshot, and I'm here with Dan, Executive Director of Slingshot Ventures. And for the first time in a while, we're also here with David, founder and owner of Slingshot. How are y'all doing today? Doing great. Doing great. Glad to be back. Woo! We missed you, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Missed you guys, too. Ah. Well, today is a different type of episode that we normally do. We are doing a 2021 year in review. So we're looking back on some of the stuff that we've learned in the first year of the podcast. So if we want to start out, um, since this podcast is for Slingshot Ventures, Dan and Dave, do you kind of want to talk through what has been going on with Slingshot Ventures in the past year? Love to. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I think it's been an exciting year. Um, I don't know if our first episode, if we went down and... We talked a little bit about what Slingshot Ventures was um, and how we had it set up and the purpose of it, but um, we haven't talked about really any of the things that have happened in the past year, specifically with Slingshot Ventures. Yeah, I think think it was another great year of learning. I mean, when we first started in early 2020... You know, we talked about how we were going to raise a small fund and test the waters and do all that. And then COVID happened and uh, changed a lot of things. But I thought Mm -hmm. we really got great traction towards the fourth quarter of last year, being able to get some startups into our process of just evaluating evaluating, um, if there were, if we were a good fit and then the ones that were going through a validation process, like we talk a lot about just... Mm -hmm you know, validating the problem and approach to solve that problem with uh, potential customers. And um, I guess it was March or April, we solidified our first true um, partner. It was the word, not prenuptial, that's before marriage. (laughs) I don't know what that Dave had a good word to call. uh, Oh, you're talking about P3. Penultimate. That's the word I was looking for. Is that correct, Dave? Well, uh, I, I, sure. I mean, that sounds great. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, I think there was, yeah, I mean, uh, Dan, Dan's, what Dan's alluded to, C2Keep, that was a, uh, with Mr. Roland. Um, that's been a great learning experience. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of formed that, brought that on. I guess it was second or third quarter, uh, second quarter, actually. Yeah, of uh, 2021, and we've since um, you know talked to a lot of customers, um, validated the market, like Dan said, and uh, built the product. So now we uh, are launching for beta in uh, uh, right after right as soon as the new year gets here. Woo! Uh, we're very excited about that. This episode is uh, coming out on New Year's Eve, so very very soon. Oh, we'll see. yeah, so. Very- <laughs> Very shortly after this episode, uh, we will have beta customers on board. Uh, we've, we've got those customers. Uh, you know, Dan and Roland have done a lot of work on behind the scenes, carrying some some different uh, initial partners that will help us roll this out. And um, we've also closed the, uh, I guess, Dan, we're calling it the friends and family slash pre-seed round. Uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> We've raised some money, so uh, we raised the money we needed to uh, get the product built uh, and go to market and uh, start uh, collecting some feedback and onboarding our first customers. So very exciting time for yeah. C2Keep. 
Um, yeah, I think we're expecting some pretty, I know I'm expecting some pretty good things just because of going through the, you know, I think the <clears throat> cool about about cool part about our process is the fact that once we finished the design phase, we had a clickable prototype that we could then demo to potential customers. And mm -hmm. that process has been um, really positive. The feedback we received is really positive. It's helpful to have something that's tangible Mm -hmm. showing to potential customers. And so when people that you show it to want to get you connected to other people, they think would like to see it. It's really helpful. Oh, especially yeah. The market is so niche. So the yeah. pharmacists know pharmacists everywhere because they all, you know, go to the same conventions or went to school together or what have you. So, yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. your biggest selling point is your clients. Well, I think it's, it's just the fact that it's so niche it, yeah. and everybody knows each especially other. Especially and you're providing a solution that doesn't exist. So. And that's exciting that, too, because right? like to the do... fact that they're still using paper <laughs> blows my mind, but. Well, it's, um, you know, I, I like, yeah, C2Keep, I, it, to me, it's such a great company. Um, I, I love, I love niche companies because I think sometimes they get a bad rap. Uh, even in the startup world, you know, people will make fun of your, your TAM size uh, if you're too niche, but the reality yeah, don't is... Don't talk about my TAM. Uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> in niche businesses, it, it really is close-knit. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, good word of mouth. A lot of people know each other. It's just a... And you can, you can kind of carve out some really nice businesses, uh, very successful, very profitable, a lot larger than I would say a lot of people realize or think. Um, and so C2Keep... You know, it's a business that's in a it's in a niche that um, has potential to be, you know, a hugely profitable, successful business. I think it's off to a great start. Woo! Yeah, and so you know, and then the like, and this is what I thought you were referring to is the kind of um, the startup that we started working with when we were formulating the idea around the studio P three. Mm -hmm. We just brought on the first customer for that platform. Woohoo! Um, Again, more which, info coming in 2022. <laughs> yeah, which is super exciting, um, I think, because that one's been a, <clears throat> that one's not niche. I mean, it is niche, <laughs> but there's a lot of other players in that space. And mm -hmm. I think that the founder that we're working with is super smart, very well connected. She's got 25 years of experience in the industry. And so that kind of is the differentiator, I think, when it comes to that go-to-market strategy, because she knows a lot of the people uh, already that she's going to sell to which yeah. is um, really awesome. And then we just uh, solidified our engagement with the third, which we should be starting in the first quarter of 2022. Ooh, sneak peek. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll get some more information about that one later as we continue to go. You know, the other thing I would like to say too, that we that speaking from my perspective, Dave, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but I think philosophically the way that we approach this um was, you know, it's less about that kind of that true capitalist, capitalistic approach of turn and burn, you mm -hmm. know, the fail fast stuff. I know that people like that. We understand the value of failing fast and not wasting resources. But I also think that there's a nurturing that has to happen to certain ideas. Um, and for us, I think the, the people that we partner with, it's less about failing fast and more about let's nurture along. Mm -hmm. And then when the signs are there, then fail fast um, instead of just setting a timeline to, you know, the same baseline for everything. And so I think mm -hmm. that the way that we're approaching it has been really good. And the fact that 
we didn't raise money, we're not being beholden to found, uh, to investors, allows us to to maybe run at a slower pace um, than what other models do. Yeah. So, Dave, I don't know what your yeah, thoughts I, are on that. I mean, I think definitely um, the key there is that we can go at a pace where nobody's behind, nobody's nobody's behind us yelling, "Hey, why didn't you bring on three more startups this year? You know, why why haven't you started more?" And it's just uh, for us, we've been able to go at a pace that is is aligned with how we're learning and what we're able to do capacity wise. Um, yeah. And there's it's just no rush, and I you know because. You also got to remember it's a, we want to enjoy this process. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We want to, we want to, you know, the whole point of this is to elevate the founders and, and, and you know, elevate these businesses. And right. I think a business, I, it's just hard to rush certain parts. You cannot, ru- I don't, I don't believe there's certain parts of growing a business that you can rush um, in particularly mm-hmm. early on, um, you know, You've got to talk. You have to make the time to talk to your customers. You have to make the time to get it out there and hear feedback. You got to make the time um, to work on your your sales channel and your messaging. And um, you can't just um, blast it out to everybody and just you know try to get people right away. There's just a certain you know mm-hmm. get your product market fit right first. Um, get get everything aligned within your business, and yeah. And when it's time to grow, then you can step your foot on the gas. But I well, think, uh, Dan, isn't that what you? Dan, isn't that what you said right before this that the number one reason startups fail is product market fit issues? I was joking because I think a lot of everybody cites the same CB Insights study, uh, and I if it's not the top one, it's like always in the top three. But yeah, mm-hmm. lack of product market fit. Um, and so Dave, I think you were talking about, that was a really great point where you said, um, that if you don't get to take your time, you really have to rush through that product market fit part, which it sounds like is one of the most important parts and you shouldn't do that. Yeah, you can't, I mean, you can't rush through it. I mean, because the reality is if you can, you you talk to your customers and, and this is something we heard, you know, from a lot of the entrepreneurs throughout the year, uh, on the podcast is you got to, you know, talk to your customers. You're going to learn things, mm-hmm. get your product out there quickly, but learn, you know, um, talk to your customers after they have it iterate. But that also implies that you're going to be making a lot of changes um, because you're going to learn things. Um, and it takes time to talk to your customers and it takes time to change your product. Um, or in some cases, as we heard, um, you know, complete pivots of the business. Um, yeah. Which, you know, if you're if you're trying to rush through that stuff, a lot of times, you know, you can you can be looking at the end goal of man, I'm gonna have this big business, and you're like, okay, let's just get to market, get to market, get to market, and you're mm-hmm. so worried about how do I push this out to five thousand customers instead of thinking, let me make sure I have the right product because, you know, you can push it push the wrong product to five thousand customers. <laughs> that's a good way to fail fast. Um, yeah, that's the goal. <laughs> I don't think that's what they. I don't think that's the point of that expression. Um, yeah. Cannot rush, the, uh, cannot rush the product market. The goal is not to fail fast. <laughs> but right. Dave, that yeah. was a that was a great transition. Thanks for doing my job for me. Yeah, good segue, Dave. <laughs> I was over here clapping. It I was too. Like, Man, he's he's on his game and he has he's a like, He's back in business. <laughs> First episode back, he's ready to go. <laughs> the first topic we were going to jump into in our review section 
was uh, talking about how several of our founders focused on the importance of research um, and through that research, finding validation and timing. Um, so yeah, Dan, I think you want to jump in? Yeah, well, no, I think it's cool to, to take the notes from each um, discussion and lay them side by side and just kind of pull out to all the things that each person was saying. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I guess anybody could do it. You know, if, if everybody we talk to fails, right. We're like, well, maybe these aren't the qualities you want to have, but <laughs> I think that the group is very mixed. A lot of them have had failures, have had successes and some are still driving some big successes. When you think about some of the work that some of the people we spoke to are doing, mm-hmm. but I think, yeah, I think that research, it goes back to that, like <clears throat> getting outside of your own head. You know, yeah. I think a lot of times when we're having conversations with founders, when we say, so have you spoken to potential customers and they say, yeah. And then I say, okay, cool. Have you, you gone <laughs> to people and said, I have this idea, would you use it? Or have you sat down and interviewed them and asked them questions about certain behaviors that your product or service would impact? And they always mm-hmm. say the former, you know, they yeah. always say that, no, no, no. I just asked my buddies if they would use it and they say, yes. And I'm like, yeah, it's not talking to customers. And so to your point, I think that what you're trying to do is validate that the problem is real or that you understand it, that your understanding of the problem is correct. Mm -hmm. Right. Because that's going to impact your solution. Yeah, definitely. Through through that, I think you you can probably take a guess at timing. Ultimately, Mm -hmm. timing's where it's at. Right. That's that's the big part. Think about all the businesses that either failed or were huge successes at the beginning of 2020 because of what COVID did to the workforce displacing Mm -hmm. us and sending us home. Right. So that's timing that none of us could have predicted. Yeah. Um, But it, because of the timing, it either broke your business or maybe made you successful or somewhere in between in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think what's, what's interesting too, like we heard this from a couple founders, you know, on the, on the product market fit and the research was, there's also a personal aspect as far as you have yes. to, in order to do real research and talk to your customers in, in a way that gets you honest feedback, um, you have to, you're kind of exposing yourself. You know, you're, you're showing people this is, you know, this is an idea you dreamed up, you're excited about. It's, it's really a part of you. So being kind of self-aware that uh, vulnerability this is a part of me and being vulnerable and being able to separate, you know, the idea from yourself you have to be able to do that in order to get honest feedback. Otherwise, like Dan was saying, you, you, you end up in the search, the first boat where, you know, you're talking to somebody, maybe they are your customer, but you're basically giving them a sales pitch about your idea and then asking them if they would use it, which is mm-hmm. not at all. No one's going to outright. It's no one wants that awkward conversation of, well, no, I don't want to use your product. You just <laughs> sold it to me. But hey. I don't want to, they're always going to say, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. I'm going to dress my baby yeah. up in this outfit. Would you like it? <laughs> sure. Oh, no, exactly. not the baby yeah. talk again. <laughs> well, it's kind of the what it is. Time, talk about a year in review. The amount of times we called, talked about ugly babies. In this yeah, podcast. well, I think Dave's right about the, and it, it was echoed throughout the conversations that we had mm-hmm. in that you got to separate yourself from your business, right? I think we're we're constantly trying to solve that problem of identity. Mm-hmm. And the challenge that it's created with startups is that I've spoken to plenty of entrepreneurs who 
when I challenged them on certain aspects, it was like the conversation would go in a direction where they got defensive. <laughs> I was like, whoa, hey, man, there's some other pieces of the puzzle that you're missing. And one of which is you got to get out of the puzzle, right? Yeah. Because you're, you're, not the, you're not the business. Um, because if it fails, who are you, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think even to some degree, I've learned like, like I'm a creator of things, I'm a builder of things. Mm-hmm. But as far as like operational growth and continuing on, I'm like, uh-uh, let's get back to the <laughs> early stage. It's fun. And because that's where I like to play and that's where I like mm-hmm. to participate. And I think I provide the most value. And so I think as an entrepreneur, you know, being able to separate yourself and say, oh, I'm a creator of things. And it just so happens that this is a thing I'm creating. Mm-hmm. Because if it doesn't fail or if it fails, then you want to be able to go and create the next thing. Mm-hmm. Or if it's widely successful, like you're not just going to sit back and not do anything. You're probably going to go on and create the next thing. So yeah. I think it's a, I think it's an important delineation. Yeah. I think another important <clears throat> kind of topic off of that is that failure is not the worst thing that can happen uh, because uh, you learn so much from it. Maybe. Uh, Depending well, on who you are, <laughs> <laughs> you should be able to learn from it. That's and obviously, if it's your first startup and you have this great idea, there's been many times before where founders don't hit the mark until their third or fourth startup, um, yeah. and they wouldn't have gotten yeah. there without yeah. those first and second startups where they failed in some capacity. It's learning, yeah. man. It's like I say all the time: if a, if a human being didn't learn how to walk until it was thirty, we'd have a whole lot of people driving around in wheelchairs. Yeah, right. Because when you're a kid and you're excited and you're wanting to go and explore, you'll fall down a hundred times before you get that first step right. And, mm-hmm. and somewhere in adulthood, we a lot of us lose that ability to stand in the face of falling down. If you don't do it right the first time, you're not good at it. Right. And getting back up. And I think it's society's view, you know, capitalism, success of the individual. That was how my embroidery hobby went. (laughs) 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 It was about five minutes of attempting and then it was over. But (laughs) that's my personal anecdote for the day. (laughs) Yeah, no. Well, yeah, I think the other the other part of that is to, you know, if you look at failure, um, you know, it's, it's not a personal failure. It's just, Hey, this, maybe this, this particular business, and we heard from a couple where the, you know, we just alluded to it earlier, the, the timing wasn't right. Um, you know, we had a entrepreneur who, uh, well, several of them that, you know, had a, had a business timing wasn't right. And then they went on later and started a very successful business. Um, mm-hmm. but they, they were able to quote unquote fail, um, because they're not really, it, it's, it, it doesn't become a failure as much as, oh, okay, learn this, moving on to the next thing. Yeah, it's the first iteration uh, of success, it. right? Exactly. Yeah. It's just an iteration. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, well, I think the other part, and you both probably know this, but I am like biting my tongue because if we're, we're exploring this like psychological, philosophical type thing, and I just- I know, I knew this episode was going to be <laughs> difficult I'm going to vomit over everybody, so I'm like really holding it back, but- You said um, something earlier about- um, like a, a philosophy. And I was like, Oh no, are we about to go down the rabbit hole? <laughs> well, Dan? I, I think it's, um, the saying goes, it's not what happens. That's the problem, but it's how we think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the thoughts that we have about it. And so to Dave's point, if, 
if you, you know, you fail, something doesn't work out. If you can escape the gremlins that show up and say, I'm not worthy and you can't do it. And, you know, those types of things, then you recognize that it's just an experience you had. What did you learn from it? Let's move on to the next experience, which is really hard for us. It's hard for me. You know, it takes a lot of effort for me to it's hard for everybody. Yeah. But it takes effort for me to like sit and reflect and go, okay, this is going to change. It's not the end of the world. I'm okay. You know? Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of people echoed that throughout the year too, like that <clears throat> the importance of the belief in yourself, but also the passion for what it is you're trying to do. Um, well, that's, yeah, I mean, that's, you kind of, and that's why I think, you know, obviously we heard passion a lot through the year, but it's another reason why it's so important. I mean, you, because, you know, even if you quote unquote fail or it's your first iteration of success, it's, that's hard. You know, you put a lot of effort into it, um, mm -hmm. a lot of time, a lot of money, you know, if you're a young entrepreneur, especially if it's your first business, um, there's a good chance you weren't even paying yourself at all. Um, maybe you have other obligations. So it takes a lot out of you. So if, if you're missing that passion piece, uh, it's hard to get to the next iteration, I would say. I think, um, yeah. you know, without that, you're kind of, you, you, you need that to power through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think that going back to kind of what some other people said, right, uh, the partnerships that you bring along. So whether that's the partnerships and bringing in like. Good segue, Dan. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, it's the partnerships, like bringing on kind of those business partnerships, right? So if I'm going to go out and validate my market with companies that are on board with my kind of abstract idea and my approach, well, hey, why don't you partner with me as a beta user, right? Why don't you support me? And I think mm -hmm. it was Chris up in Boston who said, hey, why don't you be a board member, right? Why don't you put your, you know, why don't you become a paying customer? Like, so that's helping on the business side, but I think also on the personal side, it's mm -hmm. so coupled with your self-awareness of strengths and weaknesses, likes and dislikes, you find people who complement your skill set. Exactly. You know, because I think it's a whole lot easier to fall down and get back up when you're surrounded by people that you, if you don't think that you're smart and you can do it, you could definitely go, well, they're smart and they can do it. And, you know, so it, it kind of gives you this extra jolt of, yeah. Let's get back up and do it. And so I think that camaraderie and just being able to work through something with a team that's mm -hmm. all headed in the same direction is is super valuable to yeah. um, tips to founders. Right? It's super valuable to anybody, but specifically mm -hmm. when you're when you're trying to start a company. Yeah, you're on yeah, the cutting you edge. Yeah, right? you don't have you're to do it the, alone. Yeah, you're on the cut. Like the people that we're talking to, I find it so interesting because. And it didn't occur to me until like the middle of last year, like they're on the cutting edge of newness. They're building something that never existed before or building something that's never existed in the way that it's existing before. And we, our society glamorizes this aspect of success and all this stuff, but you're building something that's never existed before. Like that's, yeah. to me, that's, <laughs> like, that's pretty amazing. Like when you yeah. think about it, no wonder it's hard. It's like this. And there's all these components. If it wasn't hard, it wouldn't be the first time it's ever been done before. Right. Yeah. And like with technology mm -hmm. and how quickly it's changing, it's just given us much more capacity to bring new things to light. Like we're talking about the metaverse. We're talking about digital currency. We're talking about all these new. I was like, um, please don't talk about NFTs because I have. No. no right, right. <laughs> and it'll be amazing to see in like 10 years, like which one of those sticks. Mm hmm. 
right? How many of these new, like how many people, Dave, did we know back in the day that were super stoked about Silverlight? (laughs) And then corporations were like, yeah, you can't install plugins. And they're like, God, Silverlight was so awesome, but we can't Uh, install plugins. Let's move on. (laughs) So anyway, I just think Uh, like, you know, and Microsoft dumped a lot of cash into that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But for an individual, it's harder, right? You don't have those resources. But my point is, they're on the cusp of the cutting edge of all these new things, and so having yeah. support and complementing complementing uh, skill sets is highly super valuable. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, I think the other part, of, and and Dan, not to, you know, get philosophical again, but oh no, it's, uh, <laughs> it's it's really about you know, in order to to have something that complements you, you have to first have self awareness. Uh, yeah. Your, you know, we heard yeah. a lot of that throughout the year, which is, I I need to know what I'm not good at. Um, yes. And I need to, you know, cause not, that's not, it's not a given, you know, there's a lot of people that, um, you know, think they're, I don't know, maybe good at everything or don't, or just don't recognize uh, maybe something where there is a weakness. It's a blind or spot. There's areas they're lacking. Uh, in, yeah. Yeah. And so being self-aware, being able to look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know what, I'm not very organized. Um, I'm a very, uh, or I'm very detailed or oriented. I can't see the big picture, you know, whatever it is, uh, or I don't, I'm not very good at sales, or whatever it happens to be. Um, I'm not very good at tech, obviously, uh, slingshot ventures. We, we <laughs> then slingshot ventures the, uh, is for you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but there's a lot of things too, where you're new at and, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, you're new at, and you can take the mindset, oh, I'll just be able to figure this out or, well, maybe I need to, you know, lean on somebody who's an expert at this. So, yeah. um, you know, we, we definitely heard self-awareness and not just from your, you know, co-founders, you want co-founders that, that compliment you, uh, is yeah. a big deal, but also the people you hire, you know, the first people you hire, don't, don't hire your clone, hire somebody who's maybe completely the opposite of you, um, yeah. you know, bring different perspectives. And it also kind of ties back, you know, you have to be okay with being challenged and, um, you know, somebody, somebody separating yourself from your business uh, in order to do that. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a couple of people also brought up culture. Yeah. What we're talking about, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. We have this mind state, I think, just from the way that we're brought up, even though we're all brought up differently Mm -hmm. of how things are supposed to look. And um, it's those people that were exposed to a different way of doing work early on in their lives mm-hmm. that didn't, you know, that maybe all the other kids' parents were, you know, working a nine to five or doing whatever, but this, mm-hmm. this particular person's parent or somebody they cared about was close to them was, you know, at home in the middle of the day or wasn't home at night and they were just doing all this stuff. It challenges your understanding of how to work and what work looks like. And so I think that gives you it kind of lays the neural pathways for flexibility and how to do stuff. And so we're talking about complementing skill sets, but it's also about bringing people in that are used to the, not doing it the way that everybody else does it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you can get other people that are aligned that complement you, that can challenge you and work in, in an environment, where we're all trying to drive to the same goal. And it's not about ownership or who's right or wrong or blame because you can't have, have that. I don't think early on. It, it, yeah. it becomes a it becomes an undue burden. Um, but people that just like, let's just go create and build and do what we do best and then see what happens. 
<laughs> you guys are going to make me lose my job because that was another good transition unto the next. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> the next group. Yeah, we are on is, it today. I know. You guys, what am I doing here? Um, <laughs> no, the next kind of set of questions was more focused on the entrepreneur and their journey themselves um, and talking about um, how several of our founders that we talked to this year um, had all been exposed to, like you said, that different kind of work, either by a family friend, a family member, someone that they knew, or maybe even down the road later in their life, somebody that they met that pulled them out, um, maybe of what they originally thought was possible for them to do. Um, but they all had seen someone in their lives that, like you said, thought differently, worked differently. And then that person is what who inspired them to kind of take this different path that other people don't take. So I'm, I'm curious to see what Dave, Dan, what your thoughts are on kind of that exposure and the importance of it. Yeah, I think, I don't think, honestly, I would say that before we went out on this experience of a podcast and talking to everybody, it never would have occurred to me. And I'm not a, obviously, I'm not like a leader on the subject, but when we're looking at the diversity um, issues that we've been going through on a, <clears throat> as a society, right? Mm -hmm. Speaking specifically to black and brown um, people and entrepreneurs as a whole, like we've we've had conversations with some minority founders, right? And mm -hmm. they needed more than what we could provide at Slingshot Ventures. And the first thing that jumped out at me was who are they going to ask for help? Mm -hmm. Right. Like I'm fortunate that, you know, my career path has put me in a position where if I need help in anything related to business, I've got no less than 20 people to call. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like, but not everyone's as lucky. Well, that's my point. Yeah. Like this idea mm -hmm. of like diversity and, you know, this marginalized group of people and, like, how do they do it? Right. How do they get here? And like, it's not about, <clears throat> I think it's just giving, giving the younger generations now exposure. I've been thinking for probably the last three years, like, okay, where can I spend most of my free time to give back to my community in a way that can benefit our whole kind of society that I live in, right? Specifically mm -hmm. global. And it always comes back to childhood education, childhood exposure. And I think that we had a couple people that talked about, I think Sada talked about it, right? He's yeah. from Senegal. He's like, I met another Senegal's entrepreneur in college. Yeah. It yeah, wasn't. And, it was like, and it was like, why not me? And like, that's the thing. Like, I want everybody to say, why not me? And then have the, the, the community that can support that activity, regardless of what you look like or your, your stance on gender or even politics. Um, yeah. It yeah, goes I, back to that kind of pushback area that if you don't ever experience or see a new way of doing something, you're going to just um, be kind of in that same rut. I think there's certain people out there that have a personality, no matter what they're going to do, they're going to charge for it and do whatever it is they want to do. But I think there's other people out there that are really good at cultivating the seeds mm -hmm. that they're exposed to. Right. And I think it's important for us to give all of, members of our community that exposure at an early age, whether it's through entrepreneurship, through volunteering, you know, 
through some mm-hmm. other experience that doesn't exist yet because no one's built it. Mm-hmm. But this, I think it's really important. Like I think about my daughters and Dave, I'd like to hear your perspective with your kids, but like if either of them end up in a nine to five job, I will be completely floored because my wife is a teacher and she's been off every summer since they've been born. Mm-hmm. And then my schedule, because of the nature of working in a small business and all the different things we do, working from home. And, you know, it, it's like they never know when I'm going to be available. And when I am, they love it. And same thing with <laughs> Lee. It'd be amazing to see that exposure, what kind of career path they choose or where do they decide to go. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we I think we heard a lot this year, you know, believe in yourself. Yeah, and I think that's uh, having just you know, having visible people in the community that are similar to you, similar backgrounds, you know, having, being aware that those people are out there and have had success yeah, uh, is, is really important. I think just knowing also that there's so many different ways you can do things. There's just not, you know, you don't have to be, I mean, we saw that with, I mean, there's so many yeah. through the whole year, so many, so many different paths, you know, we saw to, the successful business, you know, you had people uh, starting immediately. You had people being in the corporate world for a long time. You have people with different backgrounds. It mm-hmm. just, it just different ways. You know, raise money, don't raise money. You know, get a customer mm-hmm. first. Whatever it happens to be, grant money. I mean, you can just. There's so many different ways to start a business, and so I, to me, it goes back to believing yourself. Uh, you can find a way. Uh, it to me is the the theme of this whole year is like, there's, there's a way out there and it's not, you don't, you don't need to look at, well, here's, here's how you start a business. You know, you put together a pitch deck, you go get this money and then you do this. Now it's like, okay, here's what I'm trying to do. Here's the problem I'm trying to solve. Let me look at my circumstances and also who do, who do I know or who can I look to? Who can I ask for help? You know, take your own path and you can be successful. You don't need a cookie cutter path. You don't need uh, certain things you just, you know, we've seen, we've heard from so many founders this year that have, uh, been successful from different, just vastly different starting points and yeah. ways, ways of getting it done. Yeah. There's wow. a, I, there's a number of people that kind of echoed the same sentiment, write your own story. I think it mm-hmm. was yeah maybe Paul who said it, like you can get up in the morning and think, Oh, here I go again. Or you can get up in the morning and say, here we go, baby. I'm going to own the day and even saw that thing, right? Like write your own story. And so that goes back, you're defining failure. The whole, you know, when I said it earlier, like it's not what happens, it's the problem. It's how you think about it. Yeah. And so that's the, that's the authoring that we do. And that self-awareness piece that we talked about when you're (laughs) self-aware that you're the one writing the story, Mm-hmm. You can change it. You can change the tone. You can change the details that any other person who comes along and reads it would be like, oh my God, this person was crushing it. Not knowing that internally they were like, oh my God, am I doing the right thing? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, that's the, I mean, not to go full circle here, but that is why we started the podcast in the first place that there, we wanted to be able to share different journeys because there are so many different ways to do it. And that's the reason we structured the podcast and kind of our interview format is just to hear from other people that have gone through it. And just in the year, we saw just all the different types of experiences, routes, journeys, highs and lows that startups can go through. 
Well, and I, like I read an article yesterday, actually. Uh-oh. I read the highlights of an article yesterday. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> the headline. <laughs> that, uh, well, no. I, I, read, I, down, I read the tweet about this article. I went down. I read the, the headline and the Facebook comments. No, I'm not <laughs> on Facebook and I don't do Twitter. Uh, not Twitter. I uh, I read the headline and I got to like the fourth bullet point because uh, he didn't surprise me. I thought I was going to be surprised, but it said, oh. uh, you know, therapist to billionaires gives top five reasons why billionaires aren't happy. <laughs> like he just said <laughs> they have imposter syndrome. Uh, they had an existential crisis during COVID. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, so all human- of us? <laughs> yeah, they're human beings, right? Like that's the thing. And I think like that's what we're talking about. Like this is a human experience that we're having. And so mm-hmm. as much as we'd like to be able to say like, oh, okay, if I get a billion dollars, I'm going to be happy. It's like, right. But it sounds like no matter where you're at, you're going to have the same problems. Well, that's the same. No matter where, no matter where you are, no matter where you go, there you are, right? So mm-hmm. if you're carrying around your thoughts and feelings and all those things, you're always going to feel that way. And so why would you expect a billionaire to have any different experience than someone that's poor? It's like, well, because they have money. And to a certain degree, yeah, the money isolates you, gets you out of survival mode and all those other things. But we're having a we're having this human experience. And that's what we're talking about, the human experience. And we can do some research that's truly based on other human experiences. Right. What are the human mm-hmm. problems? And that's going to give us the opportunity to create a business that's going to address a problem that humans are having. You know what I mean? Like it's just that human. I feel yeah. like we forget. It's the human about piece. That. It's not yeah. just, hey, here's my business. Here's my startup idea. I mean, there's there's humans behind it. There's feelings well, and you don't sell to companies. Yeah. You sell mm-hmm. to a person at a company. Yeah. Right. And like we get lost in the labels and the structures and we like want to like we talk a lot of, to people who are like, well, like to your point, Dave, where you're like a pitch deck and I need to do this and I need to do that. And it's like, no, no, you don't have to do it that way if you don't want to. Yeah. I generally say start where you are, like start from your strengths, understand where what mm-hmm. you are good at, what you're not good at, and then find the people that can compliment you. And yeah, like Lydia that, said, yeah. like figuring out what the best level of preparedness is for you and your business yeah Yeah. and i think i think it was paul said something about plan versus um adjusting on the fly right Mm -hmm. we we had a lot of good people say a lot of good things (laughs) there's a lot of good people in our podcast (laughs) Mm -hmm. so i don't know i mean i think it's i think it's an exciting time to be doing what we're doing um as technology explodes yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's a good time to be in the tech industry. That is <laughs> I mean, when you talk about the metaverse, I mean I know, don't don't go down that rabbit hole, please. <laughs> I just like I'm still having a difficult time with certain <laughs> aspects of it, but there's people out there saying that the internet was gonna be a fad. Yeah. TV like, was gonna be a fad. Like where you go, right? <laughs> the cars will be a wow. fad. They're definitely gonna come out with a horse with six legs. A horse with six legs. Oh, well, that is kind of a good segue to our final question. And now I normally we ask what the moral of the founder's story is. Um, but as this is our year in review, um, I kind of wanted to hear from you too. Um, out of all the points that we talked about both today and throughout the entire year of the podcast, um, what do you think is the most important thing that resonated with you during the year? 
well. Of well. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I've been thinking about this. Uh, I mean, there was a number of things stuck out, but, uh, you know, I really like the, to me, writing your own story and doing it your own way was, was to me, resonates with me because. Um, well, you did. You know, you're, yeah, well, you're, and it's, you just don't have to. I just, I like the mindset of, you know, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to build my path around me, uh, mm-hmm. because I'm unique. Um, and there's just, there's no reason to, to force yourself, you know, into a box, especially as an entrepreneur. I mean, that's the beauty of entrepreneurism is that, um, you know, you can take your unique skills and add something to the world. Exactly. Uh, and, and it, it has to come from you. And I just, I really loved, um, you know, one of our entrepreneurs talked about, um, they were, they were going to start up a couple startups at once and they're like, Oh well, yeah, I come from a world where I manage 300 people so I can manage two startups. And I'm like, okay, well, I love that. I think that's, yeah. like, it's like, I couldn't do it but because you of know, how, who you are. You can do that. Yeah. It's like, I've done, you know, this is who I am. I, I, this is how I want, this is not just who I am, but this is how I want to do it. Like you should mm-hmm. be able to say as a person, I want to drive my business because I want to do it this way. Because why are we all doing this to begin with anyway? I mean, mm-hmm. we, we wanted to start. Oh no, it's business. getting existential. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, it's not, you know, it's not really about early on. It's definitely not about the money because, you know, as an entrepreneur earlier in your company stages, you're pretty much broke, but, um, mm-hmm. You know, the money comes later after the success. So mm-hmm. you're doing it because you're like, I want to do this my own way. I have an idea for it, but also I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. I'm going to set up my company culture the way that I would want to work for. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have to like go look in a book and say, how do I set up my culture? Um, mm-hmm. I don't have to go look up a read an article about how to start my business and then go start my business that way. I'll the just, 20 step I'll do guide. How I want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just be, be you in your business. Don't, and it's funny. We talk about separate yourself from your business, but I, I think also the flip side of that is you should be careful not to completely um, disassociate. Yeah. Detach the business with your values. It should be aligned with your values. Um, mm-hmm. So I just thought, uh, to me, that was definitely what resonated with me is just do it your own way, write your own story. Uh, don't, don't be holding to, um, any, any one way. Yeah. Now, Dan. <laughs> yeah, this is a hard question for me because I think what I've learned over like the last six years is that I like to learn. I'm just a learner. I just want to mm-hmm. know. Right. And it's less about needing to know to get to a place and more about just wanting to know for the sake of knowing and I'm a searcher and so I think like this experience I think what's been fun for me what's resonated is that you just get to meet a bunch of people that are trying to create for whatever reasons that they're creating and they're trying to solve the problem of you know how do I get to success whatever success is and Mm -hmm. I think knowing that we have a lot of people like that in our community and finding a way to work more with those people, even if, if it's in a just supporting them from afar or engaging with them directly or somewhere in the middle. I mm-hmm. think that's what I really like. I really like the 
just the community aspect of just cre- creating new things. Mm-hmm. And, and to some degree, what Dave said, it probably jumped out to me more because that I, that I recognize that, like, this is how I am. This is the way I want to work. This is where, this is the way that I want to do it. And mm-hmm. I'm fortunate to find people that can accept the way that I want to do it and can partner with me and give me the opportunity. So I think it's just kind of goes full circle, right? Like find out where your lane is and see where you can provide the most value and have the most fun and, and drive forward. And so maybe it's not going out and starting a business that starts one thing that's really mm-hmm. good at one thing, but definitely being behind the scenes and supporting multiple things and multiple people trying to do multiple things. Yeah. I think it's kind of like, that's where I like to play. I'd rather kind of be behind the scenes and supporting others and learning and getting to know things. Yeah. Well, this year I learned how to do a podcast. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, I'm really um, good at editing. I can $25 an hour. (laughs) No, no one contact me to edit their podcast, please. (laughs) What I was going to say is for me personally, what resonated the most is the human aspect of business not in just the fact that like you're selling to a person, not a business, but also just that everyone is human and not to put so much pressure on yourself because it's not just a person that needs something done on the other end. It's a person who has experiences that is in the same boat as you. They're just trying to survive and be happy and just try to do your best, which it sounds like that's kind of our, (laughs) I think what I heard you just say is even billionaires need therapy. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it is. Yeah. Everyone needs therapy, but not the, not the telehealth. Um, Everybody needs therapy. (laughs) Even the billionaires. Uh, (laughs) I think, I think entrepreneurs need a lot of therapy. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe that's Uh, what we'll come out with in 2022 is slingshot ventures therapy edition. You know, that is a great idea. <laughs> oh, no. It could be like group I'm therapy. I'm going to give it a dance. <laughs> well, I think okay. it's it's less about the business and, you know, because, you know, you have CEO roundtables. Dave's a part of one. And they talk about the mm-hmm. business and talk about solving problems. and But, you know, creating a positive environment for creators to, to you know, share their emotions. or Because if you think about artists, that's what they do, right? Mm-hmm. Their emotions come out through their art. I say viewers can't see it, but you have some beautiful art behind you. It was, uh, <laughs> that's right. It was, thank you. Yeah, it's funny that you you mentioned my CEO roundtable because I was just going to say it's uh weird. Yeah, we talk about our problems uh, and help each other, but it's it is kind of like a therapy session. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it is. It's just because because people can talk openly, and then um, the oftentimes it's just somebody talking for a while and everybody listening. You know, and you feel better. Um, yeah. You might get some ideas, you might get some perspectives, but a lot of time it's just you're talking out loud, you're talking to people who are in similar situation. It feels nice. And it's- oh, dude. We need to start a, <laughs> an entrepreneur group, Dave, that's run like a Quaker meeting. Have you ever oh, been no. A, have you ever been in a Quaker meeting? No, no, no. It's like where someone says something and they just throw it out there. And then, like, you get, like, I don't know, like a minute everybody reflect on it and then if you want to say something if somebody else wants to say something they can either you have a given amount of time to respond to what someone else said mm-hmm. but there's no interaction there's pauses between what they say or you can move the topic to something different so i think it would be really interesting experiment to hear people throw out a problem about something going on in a business and then like someone else 
they're not talking directly to the person. They're just expressing their feelings about their relationship to a similar challenge as a way to kind of tie the group together. Okay. Well, if you didn't learn anything from this episode, you at least learned what a Quaker meeting looks like. You learned that Dan has sat through a Quaker. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's new information that we all Those details might be way off. So if there's any Quakers out there, I apologize. Oh, God, I'm going to have to add a fact check at the end of this. Oh, so yeah, listeners, thank you for listening to our year in review episode. Um, Here are the main points that we talked about. We talked about C2 Keep and Slingshot Ventures 2021, what it looks like to take your time and you don't have to fail fast, research and finding feedback while also staying vulnerable, separating yourself from the business because failure isn't personal, partnerships and being self-aware. Exposure to new ideas and ways of thinking, believing in yourself and finding your way, the human experience, writing your own story, finding what success means to you, and finding your emotional support, and then apparently also what a Quaker meeting looks like. (laughs) Thank you, (laughs) everybody, again. Listeners, you can find Slingshot at Hey Slingshot or at our website, whyslingshot.com. And if anybody wants to listen more, we are going to have a lot of fun and exciting things coming out in 2022. So as this is New Year's Eve, Happy New Year, everybody, and have a great 2022. Thanks for listening to The Founder's Fable. Cover art by Cheyenne Nolk. Music by Scott Holmes. Editing by the Speakeasy Podcast Network. Hosted by Buzzsprout. If you'd like to learn more about Slingshot or Slingshot Ventures, visit ventures.yslingshot.com. You can find us on social under at Hey Slingshot. If you want to reach out, you can email us at ventures at yslingshot.com. Episodes are available on Spotify, iTunes, really anywhere that you listen to your podcast. If you really like this episode and want to help out, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Thanks again for listening to The Founder's Fable.